Welcome to the 72nd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and the chauffeur to the Spider-Man No Way Home hype cabbie, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well. How are you, my friend, Simon Eady of the Eady household? I'm doing quite well as well. Wow, that's cool, man. That's super cool, dude. Watcha, watcha. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. It is. You know what else is cool, Simon? What? The movie Venom 2, according to Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson, the the director of many great hits like The Phantom Thread and Let There Be... What? Let There Be Blood. Blood. Let's Let There Be Carnage combined with <laughs> There Will Be Blood. No, uh, then There Will Be Blood. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson said that um, he lives in a Marvel household and that... He very much enjoyed Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Good movie. Yes. But that he also liked Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Bad movie. The second Venom movie with Tom Hardy. What do you think of that, Adrian? What do you think about that? I find that an odd thing. I mean, I guess, I mean, like, it makes sense that some people liked Venom too. Let There Be Two Ninch. Um, but I just, uh, I, I don't think that's a good movie. And it's an odd, it's an odd thing to come out to say that you like. But hey, to each their own. To each their own. It's interesting because this guy's like an auteur, Simon. He makes some very like art housey movies. It's true. I haven't seen many of his movies. What movie of his have you seen? Because I feel I feel like you haven't seen any of them, but I'm curious. I maybe never seen any of them. Because I, I maybe never seen them. That licorice pizza movie is coming out. Yeah, ne- next week, not this week, but next week. Do you want to go see that? I'll yeah. If, do you want to go see it? I kind of do, just because I do like there will be blood. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't seen a movie of his lately. I feel like that would be cool. Okay, uh, let's watch. But yeah, it. it is cool. I, I do think that I respect his like of Marvel movies because of all these directors coming out, like Martin Scorsese, saying that he doesn't like them or he thinks they're theme park movies and they're or no theme parks and they're not real movies. Or even Denny Villadune. I make real movies. You don't make real movies. And yeah, Denis Villeneuve said the same kind of sentiment. I don't like this. It's just stupid. Like you're going to define. I, I want people to be positive. Yeah. I want people to bring people up, not put people down. You know what I'm saying, man? Look, man. Venom Let There Be Carnage. It was fun to watch, right? We could, no. we could agree on that. Yeah, it was. That's a bad movie. It wasn't that bad. It's a bad movie. I disliked it too in many ways, but it, I'm just like, uh, for me on that one, it's just all right. That's what I think about Venom Let There Be Carnage. Simon, I, I want to ask you something. Would you rather a movie be just just all right, just a movie, or be bad. Because I would prefer a movie to just be really bad. Because at least you like can be like... The Tomorrow War? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That movie sucked. Because, like, I don't know, I feel like Venom, Let There Be Carnage too. I, I feel like it's more on the side of bad than just all right. I don't know. I didn't like it. I don't like it. But there's something about, like, bad movies where you can at least, like, just bash it. And be like, ah, this is this is a good time. Um, as opposed to like an all right movie where it's like, yeah, that was fine. There's not much to say when a movie's just all right. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. 
I can see that. But I don't... Yeah, I don't know. That's a weird one. It depends on the on the movie, I guess. That, that's a good that's a good sentiment. Actually, I I, I don't know. That's that's possibly true. Like you're talking about like the room, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Which that is... one's clearly bad. But I feel like that's bad in like a, a good way. Yeah. But you can it... have a bad movie though. Like the Tomorrow War honestly kind of felt like a waste of time a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that movie wasn't was it good at all? Was it okay? I don't think it was just it was even okay. That's the thing. I feel like the I don't know, like the Tomorrow War is just a movie. Like, you know what I mean? It's just it's just a movie. It's bad. We had a good time tearing it up a bit in our closer look episode. Yeah. But it wasn't like awful. You know what I mean? Like when you watch an awful movie, you're like, oh, oh God, golly gee, I'm enjoying this because it's so bad. Like the room. Where it's so bad it's good. You know what I mean? I argue though you need to know that it was bad going into it. Like watching the room knowing it was bad was the advantage of it because we were going to make fun of it while we're watching it. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of it. We're laughing at it's the fact that it's trying to be completely drama filled when it was really more more of a comedy because of how bad it is. It's a classic. Yeah, fair enough. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Yes. Oh hi Mark. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. He he came out with uh like Tommy Wiseau, he came out with another movie with uh the actor that plays Mark, I forget that guy's name, um, called like Best Friends. Yeah, yeah, Dave Franco. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, Dave Franco, yeah. No, um, I, uh, I know the difference, I know the difference. But, uh, but yeah, like they came out with another movie. I didn't, I didn't see it. It might even be like two parts, but it's called like Bad Friends, but the R in Friends is in, in brackets, Simon. Hmm, wow. And, and, and so it's Best Fiends. Super deep. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Teaching you something new, man. Teaching you something new. Indeed. In that interview, that same interview in which Paul Thomas Anderson said that Marvel movies are enjoyable to watch and that uh, he's not a fan of tearing any directors down, he also didn't tear somebody down, but he commented on the fact that Quentin Tarantino was retiring. I think the reason why he did this is because Daniel Day-Lewis, his longtime collaborator on many movies that he's made, Mm-hmm. Uh, like there will be blood and phantom threat he retired and uh i feel like the the interviewer from variety was kind of like he retired in quotations like did he really retire or is he gonna come back and so he asked about quentin tarantino planning to retire after his 10th movie which is yet to be announced mm-hmm. and um and this is what he said and I, I thought this was quite interesting he said i don't know i want to do this as long as i can if i was ever going to retire i certainly wouldn't tell anybody about it you just wouldn't hear from me again. It's like saying, quote, I'm not going over to your house tonight. And you go, well, you weren't invited. And I say, I know, but I'm not coming over. <laughs> it's kind of true. Yeah. Like, why do you have to announce that you're retiring? Because he, he kind of expressed the fact that he's not, he's kind of more whimsical about this. Like if he feels, feel, he's feeling making a new movie, he's just going to make a new movie. He got the idea, though, that Tarantino kind of he, – he, being a student of film, like a student of film history, realized or saw at least a pattern of filmmakers continuing to work for like long periods of the career and their work some, somehow got to a peak and then declined. That's what he believed or believes anyways, Tarantino. I do hope that he makes more than 10 films and I think, I think you do, do do as well, anyone who's a fan of him. I do do, yeah. Yes, I don't know. Yeah, I've you know 
he's not that he's not that old of a fella. You know, yeah. it'd be nice. It'd be nice if he if he kept going. I wonder what he's gonna do for his tenth movie. Is it gonna be Kill Bill Volume Three? Is it gonna be a Reservoir Dogs remake? Is it gonna be Star that's... Trek? Oh, dude, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I don't cool. think so. That about the Star not. Trek. Yeah. I think we talked about this briefly on this podcast, but we thought about like because there was talk about him maybe getting into other mediums. Mm-hmm. Like he wrote a book for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It kind of had supplementary. It followed the same story as the movie, but it it actually gave some more supplementary background for the characters, which was cool. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about this. I can't remember if we did on this podcast. Well, it couldn't be otherwise because we don't talk about this podcast. But Never have, never will. I think he was saying that he would look to get into other mediums. And we were talking about how maybe it could be video games and how cool it would be to have him write, like, I don't know, a game in the Grand Theft Auto series or something like that. Mm-hmm. That would be unbelievable. That'd be um, super neat. I agree with you. Apologies to Ken. I don't know. I think still on people on the outside of the video game industry or people who are fans. Mm-hmm. They don't, or people who only play Call of Duty, uh, maybe. But I feel like they kind of look from the outside looking into the video game industry and still see it as, you know, Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. And there's just no story to it. And I think you talked about that with your parents and having them uh, watch The Last of Us on HBO and how yeah. excited you are that I'm very they can excited. experience that. For the first time, uh, I think they wrapped production on The Last of Us. I'm pretty sure. I know Neil Druckmann, who uh, who's, who's the creator of The Last of Us game. He, I think, directed a couple of the episodes of the HBO live action series and had a lot to do with that, like creative process. Uh, I want to say it was within this past week, uh, maybe last week. I don't recall, but yeah, he like posted a thing saying that he's he's leaving Canada because I think they're recording most of the show in Canada. Yeah, I think it was um, in BC. I think was yeah, it? Br- that seems BC? right. British Columbia. I want to say Vancouver, but I feel it's, like yeah, a lot of things are filmed there. But I feel like that. I don't know why I'm thinking it was an assumption. For some reason, I'm thinking it was Alberta. I don't know why. It might be. I got I got low taxes. It's probably there. BC. It's, it's usually the Vancouver area. That's usually where. But uh, yeah, I saw that post as well, and I thought that that just meant he was done. It might be because I didn't see any article about that from Variety or Deadline. Maybe I missed it, but I didn't see that they were actually done shooting. I just saw that he was done in that tweet and I was like, oh, there must be done shooting. But then I never saw anything as a follow up from HBO or Variety or Deadline who would have been like kind of all over that. So I kind of figured that he's just done his role for that project because he's maybe going to get to work on his next project. I mean, he's a busy guy. He's the he's the director of the studio, basically, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Naughty Dog. Sorry, we're not really being very clear. Naughty Dog Studio, the game developer, Mm -hmm. if you're not aware, audience. Who Neil Druckmann is, but he is pretty prolific fella. Mm-hmm. Okay, Adrian, we actually got a write-in this week. We, we did. did? We did indeed. Yes. And it's to clarify something we talked about last week and the week before. Okay. So basically, let's reach into that mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. I don't know why I said it like that. Dot com. And. Dot com. No. No. And if it was, there'd be an E on the end and an O in the middle. Uh, okay. Because we're PG-13 like Venom Let There Be Carnage on this show. Okay. Yeah. Fair, fair point. Yeah. Okay. One of the problems with Venom Let There Be Carnage. Anyway, and longtime listener, longtime writer-inner, Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us and he said, Dear Hype Crow and Dr. Edie. Which one am I? About- Which one am I out of those two? You think I'm Hype Crow or Dr. Edie? 
Well, my name is, my last name is Edie. So I feel like I would have to be Dr. Edie. Do you listen to this show, Adrian? Because I feel like there's two references here and, uh, mm. you know, Kenneth's clearly- I'm going to guess that I'm Dr. Edie, honestly. I think you're Hype Crow. But anyways, continue. Oh, God. All right. Anyways, he said, he continued, more about Rust. To me, the armorer's statement through her lawyers is an admission of responsibility. Her job was to maintain the firearms, keep the gun, inspect the barrel, cylinder, firing mechanism, and rounds before loading the revolver and handing it to the actor, also clearing the gun before securing it after. An analogy would be if I were a lion handler on a set and someone got mauled, you would not accept the excuse that I left instructions for when I was on break or called away, which is something that Hannah Gutierrez stated. said yeah, in the lawyer's statement. I think the production was sloppy, he continued. The crew working long hours, cutting corners, a lack of union professionals, and it seems that they were just winging it. The armorer didn't take her job seriously, and the assistant director had no business doing her job. The only other alternative would be that the death was deliberate. If the proper safeguards were followed, the shooting wouldn't have occurred. Signed, Kenneth, and he's got a quote here. You can delegate authority, but you cannot delegate responsibility. A quote by Byron Dorgan. Hmm. Adrian. Byron Dorgan, that's a made-up name. <laughs> this saga, it it continues. Although there wasn't anything new that I saw that was like a big bombshell thing like last week with that statement from Hannah Gutierrez, the armorer. Uh, hmm. But uh, he's following up, which I appreciate. Thank you very much, Ken. And it is, again, it's, it's still shocking to me that this has happened and that mm. she actually stated basically kind of was trying to assign blame it seemed like away from her and towards david hall's the assistant director mm. but uh yeah it's a it's very unusual it is very unusual and that's a pretty good analogy with the the lion tamer i'd argue lion yeah. hand, handler i should say so simon i just looked something up real quick yeah what's up um lions kill an estimated 200 people every single year on sets? Not on sets, just in general. I wonder how many people died on set, though. Let's check that out. Die from lions. I feel like you were typing something into Google and you forgot midway through the sentence oh, what you were typing in and just stopped at how many how many lions kill people. And you meant to type in how many lions kill people on sets, Adrian. Am I wrong? Okay. You might be right. I don't, I don't remember. This is a film and TV podcast. I don't know if you remember that part, but... <laughs> I have a bad memory. Okay, let me see. How many people die from lions on movie sets? Google. Um, I guess none. The 1981 film Roar is widely considered to be the most dangerous film ever created. In fact, no. its official poster reads, no animals were harmed in the making of the film. 70 cast and crew members were. That was wild. Wow. Yeah, uh, cast and family members, blah, 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 blah. The couple brought 100 lions, tigers, and other exotic cats to their California ranch and lived among them there, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole. Mm. Just thought I'd look into that. Made me think. That's not good, but it's not, it hasn't happened recently. I feel like there's no lions. Are there, are there lion handlers still on set anymore? I feel like that's just CG now, isn't it? Probably. CG has come such a long way, Simon. You know what? Uh, Which I think, I think, I mean... Kenneth could have just pointed out here, and maybe that's why he's making this point. Just yeah. make the make the muzzle muzzle flash CG. Yeah, make the God guns damn it. CG. Make, make the, the people holding the guns CG. Let's oh man, yeah, all that. 
that's that's the scary thing i feel like and i i don't know we haven't really talked about this on this podcast but i, I do wonder about the future of that and like whether cg will get so good that you just, just don't need actors it's almost like um in bojack horseman mm-hmm. there's that uh thing where they kind of finished finished production on one of his shows with like a cg version of himself mm-hmm. that's i feel like it's very controversial I, I don't know there's something about that i feel like it, it will get to a point where you could potentially pull that off mm-hmm. but well i guess we'll just have to wait and see hopefully it doesn't happen though that'd be odd yes yes it yeah. would we we already have like um ai building up like stories and scripts yeah you've seen that right the yeah it's warner brothers that like did that didn't they like they made- was it warner brothers I feel like it was Warner Brothers. That's Having AI effort. write screenplays? Maybe. Let me Google this. Let me Google this on the on the hit segment of our show. Let me Google this? Who, yeah. That's what it's called? Yeah. Warner Brothers AI writing. Warner Bros. signs deal with artificial intel- intelligence analytics company for AI-driven film management system. Yeah. Warner Bros. signs deal for AI-driven film management system exclusive from the Hollywood reporter. So I don't know if it's like, uh, I don't think the AI writes the scripts. I think this is like, it chooses what to approve people to write or something like that. Like what movies. Oh, to I see. Yeah. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about though? Like online it was floating around, like almost like as a meme. Yeah. Like, uh, I made an AI watch like a hundred episodes of the office and it wrote an episode like that, that, that thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's just ridiculous. Right now it's ridiculous, but that's what scares me. It's like, you know, I don't know, when is not when does it not become art at that point? You know what yeah. I mean? Like but I guess the person who wrote the code that writes the the screenplay or makes the movie potentially with AI, I guess that's the the art is that you wrote the code to do it. But it's like it's automated and then it just uh, it's the fakeness of it, I wonder when will it not feel that fake? Like when will it become Scarlett Johansson from the movie Her? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good movie, good movie. I love that movie. It's amazing, yes. Indeed. Okay, Adrian. I think we've tangented multiple times on this, but this Russ tragedy, once again, I must say, thoughts and prayers go out to the family. It's it's a tragedy. Um, so I, I yeah, it's it's super sad. And uh I'm again we're we're curious and we're definitely gonna cover this as 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 time goes on and we hear more about it and something else comes out about it. But mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Adrian, I'd like to ask you, what have you been watching this week? Anything exciting, anything great? gasp yeah i watched a few things this week simon um so the first of many um or of, a, of the few things that i did watch is you i finished you all the way Me? up yeah you yeah <laughs> i like this joke it's been a good running joke that we've been doing um <laughs> i'm sure it's not original like i'm 100 percent sure it's not original <laughs> it's ridiculous but anyway but yeah i finished you how was it um i really love this show this show's fantastic um, I will agree with the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes about season three. It is my least favorite season uh, of them all. However, it's not a bad season. I do want to clarify. It's just my least favorite one. Um, I see. It's still really great. There's a little bit of a lull in the halfway point of season three, which I didn't really like. There's a little bit of a time jump. Um, and then they make some creative choices, which I wasn't a huge fan of. But it's still like very compelling, and I really love the characters uh, in the show. And you know, I uh, I like the kind of the direction the show ends up going near the end of season three. I was a little bit disappointed about some of the things that happened, but all in all, I think this show's awesome, and I'm very 
very excited for a season four because one thing you does incredibly well is that every season feels so different. It's I, I th- we've mentioned this before that like a lot of the uh, reviews of season three or some of the reviews of season three saying like they they ran out of the creative juice and they're just redoing like similar plot beats. I I I very much disagree with that. I think they do so many cool and different things and keep you know the you uh, the, the the viewer on edge and there's so many like twists and turns and again I I think the show's fantastic and the way season three ends and how it sets up a season four, it's going to be again, a very different season four, I imagine um, in comparison to the other three seasons. So indeed. Um, but yeah, it's something I really recommend. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's actually uh, catching up uh, to squid game and viewing time. Funnily enough. I don't know if you saw that article, um, but it's, pretty- I have a feeling that any of these hit shows, like just it's, they are getting more and more viewers and subscribers on Netflix itself, like as a platform. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of these shows are just going to keep surpassing other, sh- like other shows that have maybe broke records just because of that aspect. Mm-hmm. Like there's just, you can't have like three years ago or two years ago when, you know, Bridgerton came out, you didn't have as many subscribers as you do now. So logically if squid game gets huge, then everybody's going to be watching it. The more people who are subscribers, the more, more more of a pool there is to you know pool into watching you now me but uh no the tv series you ah, with okay. Penn badgley i also love it and i i disagree with you in a way in that i i do think that the third season especially the way it concludes is uh pretty fantastic i feel like the payoff for that season is uh really really good mm-hmm. and um it it that's the only part i disagree with you about in that i don't know i don't think it's the worst one um, I, I almost say it would be the the best one, but oh. regardless, um, I think that the whole the whole show as a whole, as you just said, it does again, it does not tread the same water. It does something different every time, and that's su- certainly exciting and uh, almost frustrating at times because these you're just following these asshole characters. They're just mm-hmm. they're dicks, but they're like the show's trying to make you like them. So it's like there's like a almost like a moral conflict in your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just uh. It's fun to watch. It's a really fun watch, and you just don't know where it's going to go. And it's not doing a CW uh, filler effect where it's just throwing in episodes that are just useless. It's true, Simon. It's true. Um, I kind of want to segue into something that I feel like you is very obviously inspired by to a certain extent. Okay. And uh, I mentioned that this show is coming back, and that show is Dexter, New Blood, Mm. Simon. Dexter Season 7. I think it's nine technically, and there's eight seasons of the original show. Is there? Yeah. Why do I think there's six? I don't know. Damn. I don't know. I'm hmm. pretty sure there was eight. But yeah, Dexter New Blood is it's it's technically its own like mini series. It's not like labeled as season nine. It's its own thing, like a reboot that takes place ten years later. And the first episode's out. And uh, again, I, I I watched it, and I actually really like it. I'm very very excited about this, and it seems like. Uh, the original showrunner that uh, show ran uh, seasons one through four, which are easily the best of the series, he's back with uh, Michael C. Hall to to make this miniseries. And the direction it's already setting up is is, is awesome. Uh, Dexter and you actually do very similar things where um, you, a lot of it is uh, Penn Badgley's character, Joe. He's talking to himself and narrating the situations in his head. And that's a common thing that Dexter does in the, in, in the Dexter series. And this... Um, 
you know, watching this new episode, it kind of reminded me of that. This new episode does a really cool thing where it it threw me off a bit because throughout the majority of the first episode, Dexter actually isn't narrating to himself. Um, you know, he always calls his narration the Dark Passenger, and uh, it's not there for most of the first episode until like closer to the end. And when that sort of part happens i was like oh my god i forgot how much i love this show and how much i missed it and despite it having one of the most atrocious season eight finales of all time series finales which technically isn't a series finale anymore um i'm very excited to see where this goes and i'm going to continue watching it week to week i i re my crave subscription actually to be able to watch it um so yeah uh, i just wanted to keep that a little bit brief i'll probably give like a full review once the season finishes and like however many weeks, but I, I, I did want to just mention that and, uh, you know, just like call out how similar you and Dexter are in terms of like the, uh, the main character just kind of like narrating to them, uh, to themselves. And also both of them being kind of murderers that, that, that also plays a part. So I feel like this narration thing you talk about, it almost reminds me of what happened in house of cards. There's like a, I think it's the beginning of season two mm-hmm. that, I mean, doesn't age well because it's Kevin Spacey, but Kevin Spacey's character is talking to the camera. They'll pretty much the entire, like it's, he breaks the fourth wall, but he doesn't break the fourth wall. I think it was season two, the beginning. He doesn't break the fourth wall the whole time. And then when it happened, you're like, oh, it's happened now. Yeah. I feel, that sounds like what you're talking about with Dexter New Blood, but I don't have a perspective because I haven't watched Dexter because you told me not to watch it because you said it was bad. Yeah. It, so. it, <laughs> that Again, it's one of the worst endings of all time. That's the... Season eight of Dexter is the reason why I don't think the ending of Game of Thrones is all that bad. <laughs> like, like uh, it's all relative. That's yeah. just a weird. That's a weird concept. Yeah. So you, wait. So if something really bad comes along again, like as a movie, you won't think Rise of Skywalker is a bad movie. That's a very strange thing to say. What you just said. No, 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 no. It, it makes sense. It's, it's just you know people were like, ah, oh, Game of Thrones. It's the worst ending ever. And I'm like, you obviously didn't watch Dexter season eight because that was the worst. But it's ending. not about that though. It, 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 on its own, is Game of Thrones season eight a bad ending? No, I, I still kind of liked it. But a lot of people don't. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. It's not amazing. No, they could have done something yeah. better with it. But it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. I went to the dentist this week, Simon, and uh, I was talking to my dental hygienist who is cleaning my teeth. Uh, wonderful person. And uh, she was t- telling me that she's rewatching Game of Thrones. Um, she's like, I-, I don't really know what to watch. I just li- I like comfort. Like, I-, I like knowing what I'm watching. And uh, I asked her if she liked the ending of Game of Thrones. And she's like, oh, no, not at all. <laughs> and uh, weird. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And uh, did you ask her why? She, well, yeah, like we talked a little bit about it. She said that it's rushed and everything, which I, which, again, I agree with. I think the, the main issue with the ending of Game of Thrones uh, is that that last season, those last like two or three episodes just feel so rushed. But she also agreed that um, the second episode of that last season is one of the best of the series. And uh, hmm. so we had a good yes. conversation about it. Um, yeah, just thought I'd add that little two cents in. Cool. Anything else you watched this week? Simon I did I watched a couple more things uh I'm gonna talk about this little movie that's on Netflix it's a movie called Villains um it's really oh yes cool. the show from the 19 uh, 1980s yeah with uh Bob Hoskins yeah exactly except it's a movie um oh. that came out in like 2019 instead so it's not that oh, oh. yeah um but it's a movie that uh stars like Bill Skarsgård uh Micah Monroe um Jeffrey Donovan who I think is best known for his burn notice role and uh kyra sedgwick sedgwick 
um, who I've seen in a few things. And long story short, I'll keep this one brief. I really like this movie. I think it's super cute. It's about these like two like young adults that are, uh, you know, kind of on the, you know, they're just out and about uh, doing crimes together. The movie starts off where they're like robbing a gro like a, like a gas, uh, gas station, but they're obviously very like amateur at doing crime. They're not like murderers or anything. They, they just need some money because they're out, out and about. And, um, long story short, they, they go away from the gas station and ironically, um, their car runs out of gas cause they never gassed up when they were at the gas station that they robbed. Um, and, uh, you know, they're like, oh man, like I'm out and about how am I like, where, where are we supposed to go? And they end up uh, finding this house, um, that's like on this like old broke, like abandoned road. And, uh, long story short, Simon, that house has two people living in it that are actually worse people than the two people that broke into that house. Uh Oh, and then, uh, and yeah, things, uh, shit just starts going down. It's, it's a really cute movie and it's like a dark comedy. It's really funny. I really like the relationship between the two main characters, uh, again, played by Bill Skarsgård and, uh, uh, Micah Monroe. I think they have a very, like very awesome chemistry on screen and it's a very adorable relationship despite them both being like criminals. Um, they, they have a very obvious like love for one another and they're so supportive and positive, even though they're again, just like committing crime. And, uh, again, the, the movie is very funny. It's, 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 it's a really good watch and I recommend it. Uh, I don't want to like dive too deep into where the plot goes because there's quite a few twists and turns that, um, I, I didn't see coming cause I kind of went into this movie, uh, quite blindly, but uh, it was recommended to me by a friend, uh, Eric, um, a while back and I, I just, you know, one day I was home, um, it was my day off and I was like, I gotta watch this movie and decided to, and I do not regret it. So, uh, I recommend that. And that's my little two cents on villains, Simon. Excellent. But what have you watched? I watched a few things, but one of the things that one of the big things that I watched was something that I watched with you in the same theater. Of course, we don't talk about this podcast, but we were beside each other when we watched it and it's Wes Anderson's newest film, his 10th film. The French Dispatch. Mm. What did you think of it? Because again, we were in the same theater. We watched it together. I liked it. Um, I think it's a pretty good movie. It's interesting. It, it, it's uh, it's very Wes Anderson in terms of like how the movie um, is uh, like filmed. And like, again, Wes Anderson has a very distinct style that's just so um, evident when you watch his films. Uh, kind of like how Edgar Wright has his own like distinct style and everything like that. Um and I think this movie is a pretty good one. I don't think it's his best movie um, by any stretch, but it is quite enjoyable. It's just a bunch of almost short stories um, kind of melded together into one movie. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What did you think about it? I I enjoyed it. I don't I also kind of agree that it's not his best film. And the reason why for me is because it feels like I don't know. From my experience with like Darjeeling Limited or the Grand Budapest Hotel or I don't know the the Royal Tenenbaums, they're they're kind of all of these movies are arguably quite simple and they're simple in their design. Like the costumes are simple and amazing, by the way. Every single movie, including this one, great costume design, great makeup, and there's just for this one, the French Dispatch. I feel like it's remarkable how much how much different set design because of the anthology like nature of the movie there is like how much set design, how much incredible costumes are in this and how distinct it is clearly a Wes Anderson movie. That part is kept intact and in the simplicity of his style. But the one thing that I feel like is kind of different 
about this movie is it felt more convoluted and not necessarily rushed, but almost like you you are it's not simplistic and the plot is less simple than his past movies in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And it kind of feels like it's again, convoluted is kind of the word that I want to come up with. It. It's just not it's not convoluted, but it's just more convoluted than the other movies he's made. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the the problem with it for me. And I feel like some of the short stories are better than others potentially. And then you kind of are you kind of asked to like some better than others because they're again distinct short stories that don't have really anything to do with each other. It's basically Bill Murray is the is the editor for the French Dispatch, which is a an, a magazine that gets published in Texas. Is Texas? Um, ah, um, that seems right. I don't remember. I believe it's Texas, but it's a it's a it's a magazine that's specifically about a place in France uh, and. It follows these writers who write for this magazine and write various articles in this magazine and follow a specific story. So one takes place in a prison, as an example, uh, and follows incredible an incredible cast of characters. Every mm. single one of these short stories is um, has like a crazy cast, from like Edward Norton to uh, Leah Seydoux, and uh, of course. Um, says this gentleman's name in the prison Benicio del Toro thank you yes Benicio del Toro is in it in it as well as as one of the prisoners and uh you got Jeffrey Wright in there who I feel like is just uh, amazing and he's just kind of in everything now mm-hmm. it's uh and of course Timothy Chalamet is in one one of the stories you got Francis McDormand in one of the stories Owen Wilson Adrian Brody Francis McDormand uh like you said Tilda Swinton yeah. like again the cast is absolutely remarkable and it's unbelievable yeah and not 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 everyone gets all that much screen time either, which is no, interesting. It's, it's cool because I was thinking about this recently. The movies we've been watching lately that have come out in theaters, the ones we've kind of watched, except for maybe Last Night in Soho. But I, I was thinking like we watched this, we watched uh, Eternals, we watched one other. And we're talking, oh, uh, The Heart of They Fall. And each one of these movies, I feel like they have this incredible ensemble cast. But none of the characters or none of the actors, I should say, are really too focused on. Like they're they're very generous with the screen time for each one of them, which makes it ultimately that none of them is really a, the key lead star in any of these movies. Mm-hmm. Like if I was going to nominate someone from the French Dispatch for an Oscar, I don't know who would be the like the best actor versus best supporting actor or best mm-hmm. supporting actress. You know what I mean? So that that's kind of an an interesting kind of concept but yeah it's very very ensemble based in the way that this movie is but i loved it i just felt like the it's far more complicated than most Wes anderson movies which it's just it felt like it was almost contradictory to his previous style in the in the style of the simplicity of the costumes and this and the set design but it's awesome and the acting is amazing and i i'd like to call out specifically tilda swinton who i feel like is just completely a chameleon in this movie i, I don't <laughs> even recognize her at all I do, but like when you look at her, obviously she's not like wearing prosthetics. But you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. But, um, but yeah, also Henry Winkler's in it. Yeah, he is. <laughs> no, it's it's yeah, it's fantastic. It's still fantastic. It's just like again, I I I didn't love the prison story. I think, um, I think you did. That was my favorite one, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is interesting. It's uh, my favorite one might have been the last one. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, yeah, like the the last one was actually my least favorite. Um, it, it's yeah. weird. Like, I bet you if I watched it again, I'd, I'd have more of an appreciation for it. It's just I was trying to keep track of everything going on. There's just so many different 
the dialogue is so snappy as it I feel like it is in, in Wes Anderson's movies, but it's just it's just jumping from thing to thing. You if you don't catch up by the end of a story, you kind of you don't you're really lost. gonna you're not gonna get there. And um, but yeah, I, I feel like is it, there's almost like long payoff jokes in all of his movies, and this one especially like they're like it just it, yeah, it's it's neat. It's it's very quirky as any Wes Anderson movie is, and. Uh, Again, kudos to the overall set design, costume design, the overall like makeup, hair, the hairyography for Timothy Chalamet. You know, it's a uh, hairyography. That's a good one. Yes, did you make that up? I didn't. I didn't actually make that up. So I, I brought that up when we talked about Dune. I, I got that actually. I used to watch a lot of uh, So You Think You Can Dance. Oh, and and they, I there was a, there was some contestant whose hair was like all over the place while they were dancing, and then they they met one of the judges said it was hairyography. That's a good one. And uh, I wonder if they, maybe they got it from somewhere else, but that's where I got it from. So broken telephone, broken telephoning that. But okay. yeah, I've never watched So You Can Think You Can Dance, but I did watch American Idol quite a bit in terms of oh. like my uh, live um, reality like shows, contest shows, as well as Survivor. Well, you know, I never really watched Survivor. I don't think I've seen a single episode of Survivor, mm. despite its popularity. Anyway, Adrian, yeah, your verdict on the French Dispatch. I'm assuming you you loved it. It's really great, yeah. I I really did love it. Um, I think it's fantastic, and definitely worth watching. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's fantastic. It's it's a Wes Anderson movie. When does he ever let us down? When does he ever let us down? I'm so glad that it came to our Cineplex near us, so we didn't have to drive so far. Eight thousand miles. Well, it wasn't that far in the end because I think they were they were actually hosting it at uh, the Waterloo, like Princess, Princess Twin. Twin theaters. Yeah, I just got an email about it actually. Oh, from Princess Twin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm on their mailing list, Simon. I don't know about you, but I am. I try to get off as many mailing lists as I possibly can. I, I am I'm being inundated with emails. You get off on mailing lists? Get get off of. I say get off oh, of. I didn't say oh. get get oh. off on. Come on, li- listen to what I'm saying, Adrian. You know, it's just us. It's a podcast. Okay. Jesus. So unprofessional. Anyway, mm-hmm. Adrian, did you watch anything else this week? Anything else that you watched that you loved and enjoyed and like to talk about here? No. Other than Oh, I should correct myself so that this doesn't come in as a correction. Villains is a 1970s TV series. That show that you were talking about you watched with Bob Hoskins. Yeah, but it's actually a movie not starring Bob Hoskins and it came out in 2019. But yeah, exactly. Okay, agree to disagree. But anyway, I also watched something else this week. I watched two Apple TV Plus shows. <gasps> and I've been just watching the Apple TV Plus shows. I love them. I feel like they're they're quite good. I actually have watched three. I, I watched, I'm not going to talk about it too much here just because... Uh, you know, I didn't watch all three episodes that were launched, and I'm sure you're going to watch it. And we can talk about it later. But mm-hmm. I watched The Shrink Next Door, which so far, the first episode, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. It stars Paul Rudd and and uh, good old Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. Did you watch that? Sorry, you, I think you said you were going to. I was going to. I just didn't have time. I didn't find the time, Simon, because I worked. It's basically yesterday. about a a guy who goes to uh, he, who's like kind of like a pushover, and he's just a really nice guy played by Will Ferrell and he's he goes to a psychiatrist played by Paul Rudd who appears to be a good psychiatrist at the beginning of the show and he tells him you know not to let people take advantage of you in terms of you telling him telling Will Ferrell that mm-hmm. but is the que- I think the question remains is Paul Rudd's character going to take advantage of Will Ferrell's character ooh the first episode was not um was not funny that much i did laugh a couple like a couple times but it is very much i feel like like a dark dramedy and yeah. that you know i threw in 
I, instead of saying dark comedy, I just threw Andromedy because I feel like it's just not, it's not as much, co- it's very shifted toward drama instead of comedy. But anyway, I'm excited to keep watching that and I'm sure you're going to watch that as well. We can yeah, I'm, about I'm that excited as, to watch it. It seemed like from go. the trailer that it seems like a little bit of a thriller. I don't know. Maybe I was picking thriller. up Thriller? Like, mm, like I'm not getting thriller vibes. No. At the moment, no. Michael Jackson's Thriller? Oh, oh. Uh, Werewolves? Didn't that come out in the 80s? Because it, it is a show that takes place in the 80s. Is that Maybe. what you mean? Maybe. I don't know what I mean. I never know what I mean. 50% of the time, I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, I also watched Ted Lasso season two and I watched Invasion and I've talked about Invasion before, but I watched Invasion episode six and Invasion episode six is the payoff that I wanted, Adrian, Nice for that show because the first five episodes were relatively slow and they're deliberate and they follow each of these characters and they're like character studies. I think the Invasion writing is not my favorite in that some of the characters make stupid decisions that I just really don't like them. Like, cause it seemed, they, they try to make me feel like these characters are good people. And then they just like, like pull the rug from under me while trying to make them seem self-righteous. It's kind of frustrating. Mm. So it's, um, so that, that's my problem with that show is that the writing seems a little bit dumb at times. And it's, it seems like they're just trying to build up to some kind of payoff, which episode six, I feel like delivered. So I think, I don't know if, I don't know if it was worth it to wait for the five episodes, but <laughs> I do think that you would like it, I think because of that episode six. Okay. And uh, Dawn, my girlfriend, loved it because I think you know why. Monsters. But I'm not going to tell you. Well, maybe. Is there is there monsters? What is Invasion about? Is it about aliens? Is there aliens in this show? That's the question. Kaiju. The question. Is it a kaiju show? Kaiju. Maybe there's maybe there's kaiju. Maybe there's kaiju. Well, there, there have to be aliens. It's about aliens. Should I just watch episode six? Skip the first five? <laughs> you could actually do that, but I feel like it, it removes the payoff. Like I feel uh, like you, you should watch... Uh, the rest of the episodes. Anyways, I just wanted to call that out because I did enjoy that episode. And lastly, Ted Lasso season two, I finished. I watched the finale. What an incredible show this is. This is the greatest show. And what probably, I don't know if it's my favorite comedy of all time, but it's, it's up there. I, I don't know. It might be, honestly. I still put The Office on a pedestal in terms of my favorite. And I feel More like than it, Arrested Development? Mm, More than Community? Yeah. yeah, Arrested Development, like, come on. The, the last season... I like it, but it like yeah. it, it, it removed some quality and I enjoy it because that cast is unreal and them even just coming back together for that Netflix season was awesome. But I just yeah, it's not It's not great. But it's not bad. It's not I still like it. As amazing. But yeah, it's definitely not as good as those like first three seasons. I love egg. But um oh you say community as well. Community is the same situation. That's the same as the rest of the development. It, well, it hits a speed bump in the one of the seasons and then yeah, season four. But season five and six are so good. They are. I just don't think that Ted Lasso misses a beat. Like it just doesn't. I don't. I don't. Every episode, it, it, it has me going through like a roller coaster of emotions from crying to being extremely happy to, you know, as I mentioned, like being like a sports kind of fighter movie of this triumph of this underdog story of this team potentially succeeding. It's a, it's like this great mix of things and it's just very uplifting again in the pandemic. And it deals with honestly mental health uh, issues very admirably, Mm -hmm. like in a way that it didn't do in season one, uh, in season one, they kind of were just looking to establish the characters. And then season two, they started to really dive deep into these characters and almost show their flaws, despite the fact that the show is called Ted Lasso and it's about his positivity. Maybe there's something underneath that, you know. He's a human. He's not some kind of alien person. 
he's got flaws as well. And that's kind of the beauty of it is mm-hmm. it showed his flaws, but still, he still came out as this positive figure. And uh, man, it's, uh, it's definitely the greatest comedy I watched this year. That's, that's mm-hmm. without a doubt. But I love it. I love it. And if you haven't watched Ted Lasso out there, you just bought an Apple device, sign up for that Apple TV Plus subscription for the, you know, the trial. Maybe you just bought a PS5. Sign up for the Apple TV Plus subscri- six-month trial from, mm-hmm. from PlayStation and Sony because it's worth watching the show. They're 30-minute episodes, although it kind of varies. They're kind of doing the Disney Plus thing of varying their episodes from like 30 minutes to an hour kind of thing, but mm-hmm. uh, at least in the second season. But uh, it's definitely worth the watch. And you don't have to love football, a.k.a. soccer, to, to like the show. And that's all I watched this week, Adrian. That's crazy, man. Thanks for telling me all those things. Are you making fun of me? No. <laughs> I'm thanking you, man. I think I, I hear a tone in your voice. You're like, you talk, you talk too long. How dare you talk this long? I would never say that about to use. Hmm. I barely hear from you. We only talk like once a week, sometimes twice. Me? You. Yeah, you. This time, actually, you, not the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the hit uh, TV drama, You. What a good show. I love that show. Good stuff. I did notice actually a little bit of a trend in what you watched, other than the French Dispatch, and then all three of them about these, it's like this crime drama story, but Mm -hmm. with people who are likable, who are bad, even villains is the same way. You're like told to kind of like Dexter as well, from my understanding. I had the instinct to watch Dexter. Now I'm going to ask you, you've watched a bit of Dexter New Blood. Is it worth it to watch Dexter knowing what they've how they turned around Dexter for this ninth season. Yeah, I think so, honestly. Because I feel like they they acknowledge all the all the ridiculous stuff that happened in that final season within the first episode. I feel like they just, they're like, all right, let's get all that shit out of the way so we can set something amazing up going forward. Does it allow you to suspend disbelief of the actions that were taken or the writing was, that was written for season eight, though? Uh, I think so. Just because there's so much time in between, it's like 10 years later. So you, you can kind of be like, eh, yeah, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right, yeah. I would recommend it's, it. It's tempting. I do yeah. love you, and I and I did see that I Me? did hear the similarities. The TV series You, Adrian. This is getting tiresome. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I did like that TV series on Netflix called You. Yeah. And... I, I, I did see the similarities because I see I, I think I saw one episode of the season of Dexter with uh, John Lithgow. Oh, yeah, that's season four. That's the best season. So good. Yeah. Yeah. My dad used to watch Dexter, so it was on at one point and uh, I caught it. I caught a glimpse. I caught a glimpse. Anyways, Adrian, should we move on to the news? Because I think we should move on to the film and TV news for this week. Ooh, what do you think? No. Well, I tend to disagree with you, and uh, I veto you on this. Okay. So let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one. On November the 12th, Disney celebrated what they called Disney Plus Day. The event started in the morning and continued throughout the day with social media posts from Disney's various franchise branches. They showed off Marvel's upcoming TV series slate with a grid of the various TV show logos. Some promo teasers and screenshots were shown off for Marvel's Moon Knight starring Oscar Isaac, Miss Marvel starring Amon Vellani, Secret Invasion starring Samuel L. Jackson, and She-Hulk starring Tatiana Maslany. Marvel also announced an animated Marvel Zombies series, 
a sequel to the 1990s X-Men animated series dubbed X-Men 97, and a Spider-Man animated show called Spider-Man Freshman Year. Additionally, Disney announced that the Tom Hanks live-action Pinocchio movie, the Enchanted film sequel Disenchanted, the Proud Family TV show revival, and the Chippendale animated series with John Mulaney and Andy Samberg would all be coming to Disney Plus in 2022. A promo video was also released to showcase the cast list for the TV series sequel to the Warwick Davis starring film Willow Plus. Concept art was shown for the Star Wars Kenobi series starring Ewan McGregor, and Disney announced a TV show adaptation to the Spiderwick Chronicles novel series. To emphasize the celebration, Disney made sure to launch many a TV series and film on Disney Plus Day with Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Jungle Cruise, the second season of The World According to Jeff Goldblum, Home Alone 6, and a Boba Fett documentary, all making their Disney Plus debut. Adrian, what did you make of Disney Plus Day? This is a lot of news, Simon. This is a lot of news. There's a lot to write. Yeah. Certainly. Thanks for writing this up, man. Oh, you're welcome. Cool. Well, uh, let's break this down bit by bit. Let's do it. Um, Not much to say about Moon Knight, but again, like, I'm, I'm excited about that. Um. It's what? I have the most to say about Moon Knight. Oh, okay. Say it. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Adrian? I don't know. So from Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and uh, She-Hulk, they showed a they show clips yeah. from it. Um, and Moon Knight is by far the thing I'm most excited about that they talked about, I think, mm-hmm. from all of these announcements for this entire Disney Plus day. Except for maybe the Willow TV series, just because I have fond memories of that Willow movie. Yeah, I never watched it. My sister really loved it as a kid, though. Yeah, so that that's a big one. But the Moon Knight, like, well, the screenshots were cool, but the the overall like clips they showed from it in that one 15 minute roughly video that they posted onto Disney Plus, which was like the it was like a I don't know a sizzle reel sort of, but it showed the past of what they have already pl- demonstrated for Marvel TV shows, including What If, WandaVision, Loki, and uh, Captain Man, Falcon, and the Winter Man. guy. Yeah. All those shows, they showed that first, and then they went into the shows that are coming up, and they kind of just, again, sizzle-reeled it. The They didn't show that much footage, but I feel like it, it was enough, though, that I was actually – it would just hype me up. I feel like that is, again, the most the thing I'm most excited for. Because of Oscar Isaac and because of the gritty nature of it, I think, think they're just going to throw us for a loop. It's It sucks because I haven't seen Legion, but for some reason it struck me as this, it's going to be mind-bending. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a feeling Legion's like that. You have a better perspective in that they kind of – I feel like they throw you for a loop in that show. They do. Because yeah. you're not sure what's real and what's not, if I read and understand correctly. Yeah, it's a great show. I really like Legion. Yeah, I should watch that. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Because that's Noah Hawley mm-hmm. who created the Fargo TV series. But anyways, I feel like Moon Knight's going to be like that. He's going to have like these blackouts where he's – it's going to be like him trying to figure out where he was. At certain points, I, like Memento, I that's what I figured that that show is going to be like because he's supposed to have like multiple personalities and yeah. and not. I, I feel like he he won't know, and the audience might not know certain moments of what's happened because he was a different person. That's what I'm thinking they're going to do, just based on the screenshots and the way they're showing him showing his face, just kind of like in raw confusion and uh, in moments like there's a moment where there's like this screenshot of him standing in the middle of the street and he's got blood in his hands. He's just confused, and I'm like, oh. I think I know where they're going with this. Anyways, so Moon Knight's my most excited thing. Uh, you can go on if because you didn't you didn't think it was that that interesting. I, I mean, like, like I think it's interesting, but yeah, like I don't know. Uh, I, I'm just kind of waiting, waiting. 
Like I, I want to see more of this. I don't know too much about Moon Knight. I think this is a like a it's a neat idea from what I've read about it. And you know, it's starring Oscar Isaac is is awesome. But again, I, I uh, it's Batman though, right? Kind of it's that Batman with like kind of multiple personalities. That's cool. That's a cool idea. It seems like that's what it is in in the way his fighting style works anyways and i think this guy's a, a billionaire or whatever we we think we talked about this when ken wrote into us because i think ken kenneth saddlebauer wrote into us about moon knight many months ago yeah you think this is going to be like as dark as like the netflix um marvel shows like daredevil and stuff you think it's gonna be that that's bloody? a good point i never thought did we talk about how it was either gonna because i don't remember them saying this is going to be on hulu we i'd have to look that up yeah. maybe moon knight's gonna be on hulu i don't think so it must be on disney plus this is for disney plus day but no, but they talked about, and I, I wasn't going to talk about it here because it's not really related, but they talked about Prey. That's on Hulu. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. I imagine Moon it'll Knight. be on Disney Plus. Just keep it like consistent. But uh, who knows? But uh, you can't do rated R stuff on, on Disney Plus, right? You can't do it on Disney Plus proper. <sighs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I guess we'll have to just wait and see. It says it's a new series on Disney.com. It says it's a new series for Disney, for Disney Plus, though. It's not on... Uh... So you don't think we're going to see someone get their head smashed in from a car door? No. That's the thing. That's actually yeah. kind of unfortunate. I'm curious. Because I don't know... They're going PG-13 would be the most they would they would do. Yeah. It's very interesting, actually. That, that makes me curious about the show a bit. Mm-hmm. And whether it's going to be good because they're going to be limited maybe a little bit because it seemed like it could be relatively dark. Because that's the beauty of those Netflix series, I think, is that they could they didn't always do that, but they could be relatively dark and, and dive into darker topics for mm-hmm. that Daredevil series because of the fact that it was on Netflix. Well, even like Jessica Jones, right? Like Jessica Jones deals with like rape oh. and everything like that. It's Yeah. Yeah, that first season is incredible. It's phenomenal, yeah. I love that. Um. But okay, yeah, let's let's move on. That's that's, yeah. the, that's the first first thing. But else, what, what else um, were you thinking? You think were the, enjoying the the Miss Marvel thing seemed really cute. Like it, it seems like adorable, and I'm very excited to kind of see where they do or what they do with this because I feel like this is the first like Marvel property that's really just starring a kid, like like an actual like child. Um, I mean, yeah. you can you can make the argument for like Spider Man. You know, he's a high school kid and stuff like that. But th- this just seems a little bit more juvenile in a good way. Um, and I'm very curious to see where it goes. I think the, the little like Captain Marvel, like, or Miss Marvel, like costume she has on and in those like promo pictures is, is absolutely adorable. And I don't know. I'm very, I'm very curious about this one. This one seems like it could be very like fun and like uplifting and, and yeah, I don't know. Um, what do, what do you think about the Miss Marvel stuff? I'm far more excited for Miss Marvel simply because, and sorry to Kenneth Sattabar for talking about video games, but because I played the Square Enix, uh, Square Enix video game the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And I think that the story in that is actually quite good and it's well done and well written. And it follows really, especially in this first chapter, uh, which is a chunk of the story, the main chunk of the story of that game It follows Miss Marvel as the main character. And uh, it follows this fan who's just such a huge fan of the Avengers and a huge fan of Captain Marvel. And I think that that brings some charm to the game that I didn't expect mm-hmm. that there were the, it's interesting because you're playing as a fan arguably because you're playing a video game about the Avengers mm-hmm. and you're playing someone who is a fan, like the character you're playing as a fan. And I, I really appreciated that. So I, I uh, have a different perspective on this and that I'm excited for what they could do in the live action verse yeah. for did, the MCU. So, so. Um, did they show off any of her powers in, in, I know they do obviously in the Avengers game, but like in, in the sizzle reel, I, I, 
I didn't see anything. No, I don't think so. And I think they're going to keep that a secret. I think that, I don't know, like she's a, like an inhuman and that concept, that's a pretty big event that happens to the Mm -hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I'm kind of curious how they're going to handle that because that's a, that's kind of earth shattering. Like it changes a lot of what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is. I wonder if they're going to do that kind of inhuman event, maybe in a movie first before they do it in in the show I, I don't know there's no talk of that yet that i've seen so if they introduce into the show i wonder how it's going to leach into the movies yeah i'm also curious um because like miss marvel like she has like stretchy abilities right like that that's kind of what her yeah. thing is right like almost yeah. like a like a like a like a mr fantastic from fantastic four right so like I, we know that fantastic four is coming are we gonna have like, is she still going to have those stretchy abilities, you think, in the in this TV series? Yeah, they, I think they'll make it distinct. They'll, yeah. they'll change up, like, what they can each can do, I think, to the point where they don't do the exact same thing, although they might be similar. Mm-hmm. And then if, if they end up being in the same room at the same time, they, I argue, in, the, in, the, in a Marvel way, they'll make a joke about it. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of do in Suicide Squad with John Cena and Idris Elba's characters. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, <laughs> they're the same guy, basically. Yeah. And they, they make that joke in the beginning of the movie. Um, but I, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's exciting though. I, I, do, I am curious about this. I'm just curious also, we've talked about this in the past of like how confusing it's going to get. Like not everyone's going to watch Disney Plus TV series that's watching the movies maybe. And how are you tying that? How are you tying that into each other is my question. And how are you doing that in a way that explains some things to fans that may not be watching both? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, because they haven't really dealt with that just yet. And as we get into Spider-Man No Way Home and especially Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, that's mm-hmm. where we're going to see this maybe crossover. Um, I, I don't know. Because yeah. like, especially with Loki as an example and uh, and Wanda Maximoff. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, anything else about that show? or? or- uh, no, not, not, nothing, nothing more about Ms. Marvel. I'm, just, I'm, I'm quite excited for it. I think it's going to be a really cute one. And it feels like quite different from everything else that's kind of like coming up um, through like the MCU stuff. So I'm very curious about it. The secret invasion like poster thing has me intrigued. We don't know too much about that, but I'm very excited. Sign me up for anything Samuel L. Jackson's in though. So anything I'm good with that. Yeah. Did you watch? um... I haven't watched everything he's made. Is that what you're about to test me on? No, I haven't seen everything he's made. (laughs) But in the future, I can't go back retroactively and watch everything. I don't have the time. But So from here on out, you're going to watch everything that Samuel L. Jackson makes? Not everything, but if he's in it, I'll be interested in it. Okay. There's a lot of things out there, Adrian. He makes like five movies a year or something like that. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know either. And this is a TV series. I'll definitely watch Secret Invasion, though. It's one 100%. of my, I think, my more anticipated options. It's just, it seems like a way, a way is out. That's also why I'm interested in Moon Knight, because if you look at the grid, Moon Knight's the first, isn't it the first spot on the grid? I think. That's why I'm I'm also really hyped about it, because it's, it seems like it's the first show to come out. Mm-hmm. It may not be. I don't know. The schedule keeps getting shuffled about anyway. Yeah. But. It definitely is coming next year. Not much I do know. And Miss Marvel is for sure next year as well. Isn't She-Hulk for sure next year too? I think that's why they show those yeah. three shows because those are the shows coming out next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. The She-Hulk uh, little teaser is cool as well. Like it, it's going to be awesome to see Mark Ruffalo in it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. Like because in Endgame, you know, he he's smart Hulk. Um, but obviously in this teaser, he's Mark Ruffalo as well as smart Hulk. Smart both. Hulk. Yeah. yeah, he's both. 
So I don't know. Like I'm curious how they're gonna kind of explain that. Like why he looks like he's from the '80s though. Are they wearing like '80s garb and he's got like big sideburns? Kind of. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I'm wondering about. Is that looks like he's traveled through time? Are they gonna use the time travel that they used in Endgame? Oh, that'd be cool. It looks. Do you notice though his garb? What Mm. what they're both wearing? Like Tatiana Maslany's character is wearing and and uh, Mark Ruffalo Ruffalo what they're wearing. It seems like they're. They're back in time. It's possible. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious. I, I don't know what the, where what direction this this is going to go. I, I've always kind of I don't know. I kind of thought the <laughs> She Hulk was kind of silly, personally. Uh, I don't know much about her. I know that she's a lawyer, so I'm 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 holding out hope that we're going to see um, Daredevil show up. Charlie Cox is going to come back in the show. I just question, and this is ignorance because I don't know as and enough about the comic, but I was like, how did this happen again? And if it happened again, why did you choose it if it wasn't a coincidence that this happened by accident? Mm. Especially because you were a lawyer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I guess, I'm sure they'll explain that in the series, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's just strange because like, Banner's been tortured by this for years. Yeah. Because I think they're cousins or something like that in the comics. I could be wrong. Mm. But, yeah. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Um, it's pretty neat that they announced a Marvel Zombies series. So uh, that I guess they were testing the waters with that What If episode. I'm hoping it's better than that What If episode. Again, I don't really like What If. I was, I was fairly negative on it. I think the ending's pretty great. But other than that, um, yeah, I, I, I think if they actually do a similar story to like the comic, um in this Marvel zombie series, I'm going to be way more intrigued to have the, have the characters still like maintain their personalities while they are zombies, but they still just want to eat flesh. I, th- I think they can do something cool with that. Uh, I'm- what did we say, Adrian on as what if concluded? And we talked about it every week uh, that they were just testing the waters. I don't know. What did we say? Exactly. I don't know what we said. Well, you said you didn't like it. And I said, I kind of liked it. <laughs> That's one thing we said uh, for sure. And I, 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 I think I liked it the whole time, but just to be clear on where we stand. But what we did specifically say is that they were testing the waters in that they were building it out to see what they could build a brand new show from. Mm-hmm. Like what'll stick. And they're literally doing that in an animated form. They're making Marvel zombies based on the show, I'm guessing based on how many people watched it and the hype behind each of these episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it must have had something to do with it. Oh, 100%. But there, I mean, yeah. there might have been creators that maybe thought like, uh, actually, this is something that I really want to dive into. And they might have just pitched it to Kevin Feige or someone at Marvel. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. That sounds like a great plan. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that it, they kind of were testing the waters with all, a lot of these mostly episodic episodes of what if mm-hmm. to really find out what they could make maybe a live action adaptation for yeah. or potentially like – a spin-off animated show like you kind of have options and they're doing that which is neat yeah so it's gonna be cool um again they they announced uh, an x-men 97 animated series which is i guess i guess a sequel to the 1990s x-men animated series i never watched it this doesn't really do anything for me but it's cool that they're doing this uh do you have any interest in this one uh i watched it a little bit as a kid but i can't remember it it is neat that they're doing this mm. I, I i'm 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 very curious but i'm also very curious about the x-men in the marvel cinematic universe we still haven't heard a peep about that so yeah, that's true like it's a live action kind of idea yeah. i'm curious about that and uh i guess like i think the last marvel thing they announced was the uh spider-man animated show spider-man freshman year which uh seems like a cool idea Th- this is meant to be within the mcu correct 
technically? Uh-huh. Or is this its own thing? I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. I couldn't, is it? I, I couldn't figure that out. And also, like, Tom Holland's not coming back for this, as far as I'm aware. There was an article I was reading. It was the IGN article, I think, that they were talking about maybe, I don't know. They were saying there's no, maybe they were just saying there's no talk of whether it's Tom Holland. But my assumption is no. Heck yeah. no. Because they didn't get him back for uh, What If. They got some guy that sounded very close to Tom Holland, but it wasn't Tom Holland. Yeah, I think we're going to see more of an outlook of what the Spider-Man universe within the MCU looks like, I think, at the end of this No Way Home movie. I, I, I just, I question this whole thing because of the way Tom Holland was talking about how this is a trilogy and it's ending after this movie and that, the you know, the, the home, whatever, the homecoming series is over. Mm-hmm. And like, they'd have to come up with a another another whole plot to really bring it together and i was actually talking talking to my housemate and he'd watched uh the venom let there be carnage movie and uh he assumed that venom would be in spider-man oh i hope not uh and uh because of the fact that they're doing this whole multiverse thing and it's all this this idea of these many villains seeming seeming to you know attack peter parker tom holland Mm spider-man and this concept that What's his name? John Watts, the director for Spider-Man No Way Home and the past two Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland. He specifically said that it was an endgame type movie. Yeah. And I that I don't know if we connected the two things, but the fact that there's like hints that Venom might theoretically, you know, be in Spider-Man No Way Home, and the fact that he said it's an endgame type movie, it's like a wait a second, maybe that's a, a dawn dawning realization that that is going to happen mm-hmm. that Tom Hardy will be in Spider-Man No Way Home. I, I don't, I don't hope that to happen. I, I don't want that to happen. What's the opposite of hoping? I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. That seems right. What do you mean? Right. I just said it weird. <laughs> is it because I said I used weird grammar and you're in, in like a very strange way to say that in the English language. And you're like, dude, that sounds stupid. Yeah. You're stupid. No, I'm just kidding. You're not stupid. You're smart. That's what I just said. You said about me. Yeah. And then you said it again. <laughs> Well, I kick I a, g- a guy while, while he's down, don't you? Yeah, I will. Damn, steel toed shoes. I don't think this is necessarily in the MCU. That that was my instinct automatically, but I didn't read enough about this. So, according to CBR.com, which you referenced last week, I think, uh, Spider Man Freshman Year uh, is an animated prequel series that will take place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and it suggests that the ta- it will take place before Spider Man's debut, debut in Captain America Civil War. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. So I guess we'll see. But yeah, no word on uh, Tom Holland coming back for that role. Okay. So, I guess we'll see. Um, man, there's a, there's a lot to unpack in this. We're just kind of going through it. There, there was also the Agatha House of Harkness thing. We talked a bit about that. They just kind of talked about that. There's also some Echo Marvel series that they announced too, but whatever. I, they didn't uh, announce it. That was already announced. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's a, it's about an indigenous um, superhero. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I think she's got like, she's called Echo. Yeah. But I can't remember what it is that she, she's got like, it's like echolocation powers. Really? I would have never guessed. Yeah, I know. I know. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, absolutely insane. Yeah. What, that, that was announced a while ago though. We, I do think we talked about that on our show. Yeah, I think so. Now that you mention it, I think so. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I, I'm excited to see that Chippendale, um, animated series. I really liked Chippendale as a kid and I think John Mulaney and Andy Samberg are awesome. So. I mean, that's a really, really awesome uh, pair. So I'm curious about that. And also, one thing, probably one of my favorite things of Disney Plus Day, 
is the Proud Family revival. You ever watch the Proud Family on Disney? I did. Yeah, I did quite a bit. Again, this was announced before. Yeah, I know, but, yes. but they released the trailer, Simon. They released the trailer. I watched a lot of Family Channel as a kid. Yeah, like a, a lot, like all the animated shows, all of the live action stuff, like even Stevens and Smart Guy and, and those. And, and I did watch a lot of The Proud Family. Yeah, I love The Proud Family. It kind of brought back memories of it because it's like mm. I hadn't thought about it for so long. And then watching that trailer kind of brought back the nostalgia factor yeah it really did and it, it's interesting because they i feel like they they're keeping the art style fairly similar but it's also like updated to look like higher quality at the same time so i don't know i was watching that trailer and it's like this looks how i remember the proud family looking like you know what i mean yeah Does that make any sense yeah that's fair well it's just uh, updated to like 4k resolution like yeah, 4 exactly. hd at the time it was like on t- tube tvs i feel yeah, like it was on so. 480p fucking <laughs> yeah so I'm quite excited for that one. Um, but other than that, I mean, obviously the Kenobi series can't wait. We already know about that. Um, so I'm stuck for that. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, not much else from me for this story. So anything that catches your eye that we didn't talk about? Yeah, I'm going to ask you now. What did you think of the overall event? Like the event day, I should say, the celebration for Disney Plus Day? Uh, I think it's cool. Like I, I like this. It, it, it's cool. I don't know. Like, I, I like it's just like a, a bunch of these announcements. It didn't feel like I liked DC Fandom, but at the same time, like DC Fandom, I was like, did, did this need to be like four hour event? Like half the show. Oh, interesting. Really so you like the idea of this format of yeah. not doing it as an actual live stream, just, you know, give give announcements as you go through social media. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think I prefer this over uh, DC Fandom style. Okay. And and then obviously Netflix to Doom event would be the other one that this is basically based off. Mm-hmm. I guess the idea of having a day yeah. is that Netflix to Doom was in September. I can't even remember. It was I think it was September was to Doom. October was DC Fandom, and then this was November. And uh, they did also a live stream. It was like three hours. So cool. DC Fandom felt more long in the tooth than to Doom. I would say just because of the extra hour, it seems outrageous. But ultimately, I think this was not good. Oh really? Yes. And the reason why is that it's a thing that I feel like I'm, I question what's the point of this? Because none of these announcements were not already made and they barely showed any footage of Kenobi, which they've already filmed. So what the heck? Where is this show? Where is it? Why even do an event? You're not, you didn't show any Star Wars. Yeah, it's, it's very unusual. You barely showed any Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and... Um, like really there's no Marvel zombies. There's no X-Men 97. You just showed a screenshot. There's no Pinocchio, which is coming out in 2022. There is no Chip and Dale other than John Mulaney and, and Andy Samberg hyping it uh, in a Zoom video. I just feel like compared to those other two events, like if I'm just going to compare it to the To Doom event, mm-hmm. which had a ton of trailers, a ton of various, like they actually had a ton of various stars running that event. And DC Fandom even is the same way. And DC Fandom kind of, Fandom almost underwhelmed in a way too. But there's nothing in this entire day of celebration for uh, Disney Plus Day that was even close to the Batman trailer. Ah, uh, yeah. Not even close. Yeah, fair point. It, it, but, it, but why is that? And is the, is the question I'm trying to ask here. Why is there nothing from any of these movies? It's a little weird or TV series. You have not a single trailer for any of these. It's it's to me shocking. If you're going to run a Disney Plus day and hype it up, I think you should have at least one trailer. Mm. I'm trying to think. Well, you had Proud Family, but that that's kind of, I mean, you're treading old water. There's nothing from any of the Marvel shows or Star Wars shows. So I'm not a big fan of this because it, it kind of felt like a waste of time. But 
Wait until you have something. Then do it. Yeah, I, there's only a, like a handful of maybe five items on here that are not something we, we already knew about. Marvel Zombies, we didn't know. X-Men 97, we didn't know. Uh, what else? Spider-Wick Chron- Chronicles, which I actually read as a kid, and I'm excited for it, but you only showed concept art. So cool, but is that it? Is that the so. only things? I think you mentioned it, yeah. I guess so. Oh, it's Spider-Man freshman year. Oh, yeah, Spider-Man freshman year. Sorry. The five? That's the five, I guess. Hmm. But anyways, yeah. So that that's my my two cents. The good thing is they didn't do a three-hour event. Thank God. <laughs> because if they did and they only showed this stuff, it would have been pretty disappointing. I love Disney's stuff. Their properties are fantastic. And so I get why there would be a lot of hype around this. And I think a lot of people didn't even know Disney Plus Day existed until day of, right? So they didn't know about it anyway. But for us, having known about it and hyped it up and been excited for it, it's weird to even announce it beforehand by like a month. Like, I think this was announced when like Netflix to Doom was coming out. And it was like, oh, their response to Netflix to Doom is the Disney Plus Day. That's exciting. And then they didn't do any trailers. It's like that. Did you? I'm, I don't remember what you said. Did you watch the 15 minute video for. The Marvel shows? Um, no, no. I just watched like the little snippets because because they were all like cut up, like the 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 teasers for uh, She Hulk and all of that stuff were was were cut. Oh, up. you just watched them separately? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and and then there's a question about like even you're you don't have anything for Mandalorian, I guess. So there's nothing for Mandalorian season three, so it's, that's gone. You don't have anything for the Boba Fett series because you just showed it, but like why didn't you just show it a week later? Because yeah. then they just show it like a week ago. Like, but why not just hype it up before? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just. I just think that the marketing on this is poor, mm-hmm. and there it could have been a lot better. And um, that's that's kind of where my head's at. It's like it's exciting because it's all in one day, so they kind of you know threw these little teasers, tiny little concept art, and everything in one day. But I think to make people care a lot about it, I feel like you just maybe wait till December and just like have teasers for Moon Knight, like actually. Not like, what is that, 15 seconds? How much Moon Knight footage was there? Like 30 seconds? Uh, yeah, not even, man. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it was. Yeah. So anyway, that's my two cents. I, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I, I just, that's, I, I don't, again, it's not bad. It's just the worst of those other two compared to them. And that's what you're competing with. So if you're going to compete, why not compete? Like come out to play. Um, two things I didn't mention here, I guess. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, not Jeff Goldblum, sorry. Jeff Goldblum's show, it, it, yeah, it is launching. I think they showed a trailer for that. Um, but they they had uh, Chris Hemsworth have a trailer for his National Geographic show, and Will Smith also has a National Geographic show. They showed that as well. I, I didn't put that into the write up, but but they they did have trailers for that. But again, the hype stuff, the stuff that everyone's looking forward to, is the Marvel stuff and the Star Wars stuff. And there was zero Star Wars trailers. Zero. Nothing. Yeah. What about Ahsoka? What about Diego Luna's one? Good point. Yeah. Yeah, the Rogue One spinoff. Yeah. What, where, where is that? Like he, that's. I think that's done. Production it might be. Yeah. It's interesting. It's weird because I feel like Matt Reeves wasn't even close to done filming the Batman, and he put something pretty crazy together for the DC fandom the first year. Like mm-hmm. not last year. Like they were done. Not the, sorry, not this year. I should say. Yeah. This last DC fandom, he created a trailer that was like legitimate, like legitimate out of footage. But I think he. He's like, I have some stuff to put together. And he created that first trailer out of like scraps. I'm pretty sure. Because he wasn't done recording. Like he was not done filming for sure. Oh, no, definitely not movie. back then. 
But that's a that's a remarkable trailer. That's one of my favorite trailers. Like I don't know, maybe of all time. It, it's it's up there in terms of a very good trailer. That first trailer, mm-hmm. like it's got that Nirvana song. It's just so well, so well done. And the second trailer is even better potentially. But yeah. anyway, God, I can't wait for that fucking. Okay, I digress. I uh, yeah, I didn't love it. That's my verdict. Fair enough. I wish it was better. It was more meaty. I wish they showed the Batman trailer again. Yeah, they should have just showed the Batman trailer. <laughs> it's weird if you look at this though too in contrast so dc fandom went they showed the batman trailer a week later disney's like oh uh uh uh, we're gonna move all our film slate away from the batman and then this is their disney plus day what's going on with their their shows and movies like their marketing what about okay so disney plus day happens to you think you'd also maybe have maybe movies like could you have shown the rest of the marvel they didn't show any of the film slate which is fine that's not maybe what this is for, but I do kind of wonder a little bit. Like, you didn't show any trailer for any other other movies coming out, or yeah. okay, okay, I'm I'm beating a dead horse. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Number two, as publication Variety reports, Netflix's live action TV series adaptation of the famous Japanese manga comic series One Piece has recently settled on five key members of its cast. One Piece follows a crew of sea pirates known as the Straw Hat Pirates, who are led by a man named Monkey D. Luffy who seeks to be the king of the pirates by finding a fantastical treasure known as the One Piece. Who Killed Sarah actor Anaki Godoy has been cast as Luffy. Pacific Rim Uprising actor Makenyu has been cast as Roronoa Zoro. Fear Street actor Emily Rudd has been cast as Nami. Greenleaf actor Jacob Romero Gibson has been cast as Usopp. I assume that's how you pronounce that. I don't know. And actor Taz Schuyler will star as Senji. The series is being written and showrun by Lost and Helix producer Stephen Maida with Luke Cage writer Matt Owens producing and co-writing the project. To announce the new cast, executive producer and original One Piece manga creator Aitria Oda said, quote, We've been working with Netflix and Tomorrow Studios on a massive project that is the Hollywood live-action series adaptation of One Piece. How many years has it been since it was announced, Right. I know, I know, but rest assured, we've been making steady progress all along. It's not easy when you're working with people from different cultures, but it's precisely that process that can yield something special. For now, we're able to announce the main cast. Rather, we need to hurry and announce it or else it'll be leaked, apparently. Hilarious. Lol. (laughs) That's not Simon saying that. That's in the quote, just to to be clear. (laughs) He continued. Their face, the size of their mouths and hands, their aura, the way they carry themselves, their voice, their acting skills, their height, the balance amongst the Straw Hat crew, etc. We decided on this cast after numerous discussions involving people around the world. These are the people who will be our Straw Hat pirates. It'll take a bit more time to get this show done, but we'll continue to do our best to deliver a show that we're confident will be enjoyed by everyone around the world. Look forward to more updates in the future, unquote. If you noted that I I really ended sentences with a beat, it's because there's mostly exclamation points on the end of every sentence, mm-hmm. just to be clear. But Adrian, I didn't know you had any connection with One Piece, and I'm curious about the, what that might be and why you're excited for this particular series. Well, I, I don't have a huge connection to One Piece. I've seen like a, like a good chunk of episodes back in the day because it would play on like Friday nights on YTV during their anime nights. So like when okay. I was watching like Naruto and Bleach and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, I've seen like a, a decent chunk of it, honestly. Um, but like in the grand scheme of things, this show, the show, not even just the manga, but the show has been going on since 1999. And there is nearly a thousand episodes of that show. 
It's 998 episodes, actually. Wow. Which is absolutely bonkers. One day we'll get there with our Split Focus of Home and TV podcast, you know? Maybe. That'd be cool. It's going to be it's 22 years from now, 21 years from now, arguably. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it just seems very interesting. I really like how excited the, you know, the, the creator of the manga is about the show. So it gives me, uh, a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it makes me a little bit more intrigued that this might actually be pretty good, but again, like adapting that many episodes into live action is going to be impossible. So th- they're obviously going to have to make some creative choices to cut out a lot of the, uh, fluff, a lot of the, um, you know, like just, just filler content. And, uh, I'm curious to see how they're going to do that in this show. Netflix is really just kind of going all in on these like live action anime adaptations with cowboy bebop dropping in a week. Um, and you know, like they did that death note, uh, live action movie, which I honestly, I kind of liked. Um, uh, <laughs> So I don't know. Like, I think I think this is really cool. I think this is going to be neat. And I'm definitely intrigued about this. Do you have like I know you're not an anime guy whatsoever, but like, do you have any attachment to One Piece? Have you seen any One Piece episodes? Do you even know what it's about? Other than absolutely zero is the first time I've ever heard of it in my life. Oh, really? When you pick this story. Yeah. So put the story in there. I was like, okay, cool. Another Netflix live action TV series adaptation. Let's throw this into the into our listing. And then you chose it as one of the stories. I was like, wow, okay. In terms of uh, what you were saying there about like cutting out the fluff, it's like, I feel, I don't know. It's less about cutting it out at that point. It's more about choosing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like a glass half full, half empty type response. But ultimately, like, I feel like they're, they have so much great content potentially to choose from and maybe not so great content. And they can choose exactly what they want to do. Kind of like Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. in that they have thousands of comics that exist. And you can, you can, they can choose the storylines that most appeal to them. And they might think that might most appeal to a live action audience. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the the beauty of both the MCU and the ability to sift through 900 episodes of a show. Nearly a thousand. Or, uh, or manga. Yeah. The wildest part is like One Piece isn't even the longest running anime series. Like there's, there's shows that have even more episodes than that. So it kind of blows my mind. Like how do you keep something like this going for this long? But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm curious about this. Like I, I like what Netflix is doing and, I'm excited to check out that Cowboy Bebop live action series. I'm going to I'm going to try to binge all of the animated or the anime uh, this week because they did add it to Netflix recently. Um, I believe in like the dub because um, I ain't got time for reading Simon. Um, but uh, unless it's Squid Game, in which case you should definitely watch that sub uh, subbed. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like to be fair, like Cowboy Bebop as well. It, it's known to have one of the best anime dubs of all time. So. I feel like it's okay to watch that dubbed, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious about this. It seems cool. Um, and I love the excitement of the creator. Um, it, it gives me a little bit more, uh, it gets me a little bit more intrigued. Excellent. Sounds excellent. Number three, according to publication deadline, MGM studios is extremely likely to win the bidding war for a Jason Momoa, Dave Bautista starring buddy cop movie. The film seemed to be conceived by actor Dave Bautista on social media when he tweeted out, Quote, just going to throw this out into the atmosphere and see what happens. Here we go. Me and Momoa in a lethal weapon type buddy action movie directed by David Leach. Okay, there it is. Now we wait. Unquote. The script is set to be written by the Adam Project writer Jonathan Tropper, who previously worked with both Momoa and Batista on the Apple TV Plus series C. 
There is currently no official word yet on a chosen director for the project. Adrian, Momoa and Batista in a buddy cop movie. What are you thinking? Together again for the third time. Because they're together in C and they're together in Dune. That they weren't really together in Dune, to be fair. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I think this is cool. I, I really like this. I, I just thought this was a neat story. I, I like the idea that he literally just put out a tweet and, you know, now it's happening. I, I really hope they do get David Leach as the director or at least have him be a part of this because uh, for those who don't know, David Leach is one of the um, directors of the first John Wick movie um, and uh, along with Chad Stahelski, if I recall correctly. I probably butchered that guy's last name, but uh, I don't know if it's like anything like that, like in terms of the action scenes and stuff, I'm all in baby. I think both Jason Momoa and Dave Batista, they have a, they have a certain charm to them. Like, I think, I think they're both very likable people. Like they, they both seem to love the work they do. And um, I'm excited to see where this goes. And if, if we are going to like officially get this movie uh, in a way that Dave Batista wants it to happen with David Leach attached. What do you think, man? Yeah, it's kind of exciting. Yeah, David Leach and uh, Chad Stahelski, the cool thing about them, I guess, is that they came from stunt performing and became directors. And the beauty of that was their fight choreography and especially something like Atomic Blonde or um, a good old John Wick. Mm-hmm. It's just oh, such man. good choreography. They kind of don't cut the camera away. They don't do that kind of the, the blur fighting that you yeah. find in like, I don't know, even Jason Bourne movies in some way. Yeah. Man, that so freaking uh, uh, stairway scene in Atomic Blonde is so good. That action scene. Yeah. It's like 15 minutes. Sure. I'm like, this is fucking nuts. What a good movie. But yeah, other than that, I don't know. Dave Bautista and Jason Momoa, they seem like they have a lot of fun together. So it's going to be interesting to see that happen because I feel like uh, their 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 chemistry is going to shine. I haven't really seen anything with their chemistry because they play villain, like they play opposing forces in C. And I've been watching C and they just – they're really enemies, so it's like there's not much to really um, see in terms of chemistry. And in Dune, they definitely don't meet each other in Dune Part One, mm-hmm. so that's just not something you have to look forward to. So I'm I'm tremendously curious to see what this might be. And it's cool that he put it as a tweet, and then it became a movie. I thought that that was the coolest part about this entire story. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Alrighty, now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, according to publication The Hollywood Reporter, the upcoming Star Wars Rogue Squadron film has been delayed indefinitely by Disney due to scheduling conflicts with director Patty Jenkins. Oh, unfortunate. I'll be honest, I forgot this was this was even happening. Number two. According to Deadline, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood actor Leonardo DiCaprio is in final negotiations to star as cult leader Jim Jones in an upcoming MGM-produced film project. Cool. I think this is uh, this, this one's going to be interesting. I don't know if you know the story of Jim Jones, but it's a wild tale, Simon. I watched a documentary about it many years ago. The Kool-Aid Man. Yeah. 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 Not the big, friendly Kool-Aid Man who runs through a wall. Is the Kool-Aid Man the Kool-Aid or is he the jug? Oh, wow. Isn't that deep? But we don't have time to talk about that or think about it in the montage because we do this pretty rapid fire. So number three, as Variety reports, Marvel's Eternals had the fourth best box office opening weekend of the pandemic era with $71 million in domestic earnings. Awesome. I'm excited to see where Eternals goes from here. I I really like that movie. 
I like it more the more I think about it. Hmm, indeed. I think I think the jug is the Kool-Aid man's body and the soul of him is the is the liquid anyway. Number four, as Variety reports, the HBO's Alia Shockett, Jeff Goldblum starring comedy series Search Party will end after season five. Oh, I heard really good things about this show. I never watched it. But I think you're I think you might be right about the Kool-Aid man thing. Number five. As reported by Variety, Succession star Jeremy Strong has been cast in another round screenwriter, Tobias Lindholm's upcoming 9-11-centered TV series, The Best of Us. Oh, okay, cool. Cool, another round. Really good movie. Number six. As Deadline reports, actor-director Ben Stiller is set to direct and star in a movie adaptation of the 1960s British TV series, The Champions, with Oscar winner Kate Blanchett also cast in a leading role. All right, all right. I like those two. Number seven, as Variety reports, a prequel to the Predator movie called Prey will take place 300 years ago, will follow an indigenous lead character, and will premiere on Hulu in 2022. This seems like a really cool concept, like a really awesome idea, and I'm very intrigued about this. Number eight, as reported by Deadline, Stranger Things season four will officially debut in the summer of 2022. Awesome. I feel like it's been like 18 years since we got Stranger Things season three. Feels so long ago. Number nine, as Variety reports, Ariana Grande and Cynthia Erivo have been cast in Crazy Rich Asians director John M. Chu's adaptation of the stage play Wicked. Okay, okay. I don't really like Crazy Rich Asians all that much. Number 10. As followed by The Hollywood Reporter, Marvel's Sam Raimi directed Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness film are said to be undergoing significant reshoots until the end of the year. Yeah, th- this is a weird one. I'm kind of disappointed about this. I'm, I'm very curious. Like, is this going to be another Spider-Man 3 situation? Can Sam Raimi not do what he wants? Are they meddling? What's going on here? And that concludes the montage. <laughs> What's going on? Just to talk a moment about that Doctor Strange sequel here. So I put this at the end because I wanted to just make a brief comment. I thought I was I was going to inevitably make a brief comment uh, about this because of what you were going to say, and I, I do have to make the comment. Um, so I read the Hollywood Reporter article in full, and it seems as though um, people are blowing it out of proportion, that this is kind of a leaked situation, mm-hmm. and it doesn't always leak every time that they do significant reshoots, in, in quotations, significant reshoots on every movie. Um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because of how much goes into them. So not all, not all of them have to do this, but a lot of the time that's a requirement just because of what they're dealing with, especially with the COVID uh, pandemic, like the COVID-19 pandemic. So it seems to me like there's a, there was a couple insiders that were saying people were just blowing this out of proportion. Like this happens every time. Can you, can you not worry about this? And then there was another insider who talked very vaguely and said, it seems like it's in trouble. Oh. But I was like, oh, that vague person sounds like someone who's not involved very directly. And the other person sounded, based on the language used, I would say like that English? the movie's not in trouble. I'm sorry? Like English? Like he used English? Was that an attempt at the joke? Because I can't tell. Yeah, it was. That's kind of awful. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'm sorry. Sometimes you just have to laugh. You just go along with it. Just go along with it. Let me have my money. I don't want to I don't laugh too much at stupid jokes because I feel like the audience will just think that we're both... Stupid? Both have a terrible sense of humor. How, how dare you? I was going to say stupid, but I didn't want to be mean to you. Well, you're the dumb one. We both know that. Am I right or am I right? I think it's meaner. It's more mean to call someone stupid than saying that they have a, a you know, a bad sense of humor. So I went with the latter. Ah, you know what? You're a bad friend for saying that. Oh, yeah. oh, no, I like your sense of humor. It's okay. No, it's good. It's good, but uh, I thought that that joke was very badly workshopped and uh, terrible. 
And I, I questioned when you said it, should I cut this part out? <laughs> oh, great. Another part I got to edit out in post. Um, anyway, so that's the story of, about this situation. It seems like it's not in trouble, but I hard to not. know. And I don't think... I don't think Marvel like Marvel doesn't meddle as much. I feel like they let their directors do their vision. I feel like more so than not. They also explained that Sam Raimi is still the director. It didn't explain that there's someone else brought in, like for instance, another Disney property, Star Wars Rogue One, in which um, Gareth Edwards was the original director, and then they brought in uh, Tony Gilroy to clean it up. Mm-hmm. with significant reshoots. And I think that was far more significant because they had brought in a third party to rewrite scripts and to direct mm-hmm. the reshoots. Anyways, mm-hmm. Adrian, I digress. I'm not too worried about this. I'm very excited for that movie and uh, I think it's going to be good. Okay, I think cool. it's going to be good. What do you got for me, Adrian? What do you got for me? I got new releases for you, Simon. Okay. Yeah, this is for the week what are, of... No- what are they? What? what are the new releases? What the fuck is that? Hello? Uh, this is Simon. What do you mean, what is that? You have the audacity to comment on my sense of humor, and then you do something like this? What? I'm not doing that? anything. I'm just talking. What's wrong with you? Oh, God, this makes me want to blow my fucking brains out. Anyway, these, these new releases are for the week of November the 15th to the 21st. How dare you? How dare you comment on my sense of humor and do that? Oh, God. It's so offensive. So offensive. Anyways, so the first movie coming out... Tuesday, November the 16th is the first movie that's coming out this week. And it's it's a movie... Is something wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm upset. Come on, Adrian. You get through it. We got to keep going. Keep this show on the road here. We he, gotta... le- he legitimately pissed me off. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm in such an angry fit right now, Simon. I don't know if I can don't, get through this, but I'm going to try. Don't have an angry fit. I'm having an angry fit. I'm throwing a temper tantrum right now. Anyways, Vandal is the first movie coming out. And this is confirmed on, and it's November the the Tuesday the sixteenth, and this is confirmed by Movie Insider on the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand coming of age movie, coming of age story movie about a leader of a legendary graffiti crew. Okay, isn't there a show called Vandal? Oh, American? No, that's different. American. There was a show I thought not American Vandal. There was a show that was like a comedy with that uh, gentleman from um, College Humor. Is he from College Humor? Yeah. I don't think we're talking about the same thing, but I don't know for sure. It's the Netflix series, right? Like where it's like a like a mockumentary style, American Vandal. Was it American Vandal? Yeah. Oh, the, it is. You're yeah. right. I just looked at the photo and I thought it wasn't the one. Oh, that's the guy from College Humor. Sorry, I don't know why. I thought it was the guy from um, uh, the Final Girls. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I never watched that, but I remember you recommended it. On this no, but the show. guy he's in many movies, and uh, I just can't remember. Yes. Yeah. Adam Devine. Devine. I think it's uh, Devine. I think you're right. Anyways, continue. It's not that. It's not related. No relation. No is relation. what I'm trying to ask. That yeah. was a that was a five minute comment right there, just to ask whether it was related. I appreciate not the related. clarity. No relation. Okay, what else is next? What's next, Adrian? Come on, let's do it. Uh, the next is movies coming out on Thursday, November the 18th, and the first one on that day is The Princess Switch Three: Romancing the Star, and this is a Netflix oh original God. movie. There's three Vanessa Hudgenses. Yep, and I don't know what this. Sure. I don't know what it's about. I legitimately don't know what it's about. I didn't care enough to look into it. 
Did not look good to me. Yeah. How's how's there three of these? And by these, I mean three Vanessa, Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgenses. <laughs> yeah. That's why. I wonder if they kept on adding a new Vanessa Hudgenses. I think they did. Yeah. There's probably only one Vanessa Hudgens in the first one. I don't think so, because I think the whole point is that they switch. But were there, was there triplets to begin with? I think they there was just, only Did two. they just discover the, the third person? Let's They're find like, out. oh, we were actually triplets. I don't know. Let's and find the out. fourth one is going to be quadruplets. Like, oh my goodness, I can't believe our mom did this. Let's find out. Let's find out. So dumb. I specifically said that I wasn't going to look into this, but I'm going to find out. So the princess switch, the first one, it seems like there's only two Vanessa Hudgenses. Then there's the princess switch switched again. There's three Vanessa Hudgenses in that one. Oh, they did do that, but they didn't. So they didn't add a fourth one in, in the Princess Switch 3. That's because that's for four. Are these, maybe they're clones. Maybe this is cloning technology. That'd be cool. But I, that would make me more interested in that uh, movie. Mm, yes. All right. Well, so what's next? What's next? Just Short of Perfect. This is a Netflix original movie, and it's a, about a tall woman and a short man that fall for each other. But apparently the woman's family is all like, you shouldn't date a short man for whatever reason. Um, will she end up dating him? Who knows? I'm not going to watch this. Guess we're not going to find out. What's next? Uh, next is Friday the 19th of November, Simon. Uh, and this is the last movies that are coming out on these on this day of this week's. And the first one is Tick, Tick, Boom. This is a Netflix original movie, and it stars Andrew Garfield, who hates Mondays. Mm, he hates them so much that he becomes a terrorist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, no. No, no. This looks good. Did you see the trailer for this? Yeah, or did, it did. There's it like looks... a clip of Andrew Garfield singing. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah, we, I brought up that adage of how Andrew Garfield uh, went to a meeting with Lin-Manuel Miranda and uh, in like, it was like a coffee shop or, or lunch or whatever. And then Lin-Manuel Miranda was like, I'm really interested based on seeing your, the stage play you were just in that you would star in this movie I'm making. It's going to be called Tick, Tick, Boom. You, you're amazing on the stage play. Do you know how to sing? And our, Andrew Garfield says, when when's the when's the shoot like when are we shooting when's the production he's like i don't know any year he's like then yes i know how to sing <laughs> i just uh, thought that was that was I like great that. i just I, I just like the 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 degree of professionalism yeah. they like i'll do it I, I i'll become that yeah it's cool yeah I mean, hey, i'm gonna i'll definitely watch this i don't know if i'll watch it on the friday but i'll watch it oops just hit my little mug um but yeah i'll watch it um the fourth vanessa hudgens is is actually in this movie that's where the fourth one was. There's a Vanessa Hudgens in Tick, Tick, Boom? Yeah. There's a Vanessa Hudgens in it? Yeah, just a single. The fourth one. Right, because... The Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Stars. So the fourth Vanessa Hudgens is, was in this one. Yeah, this whole time, there's there's been this many Vanessa Hudgens. They're not actually using CG to reproduce her in The Princess Switch 3 and 2. Mm-hmm. They actually... That's how many Vanessa Hudgenses there are. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Anyways. Four of them. The Procession is uh, up next. This is a Netflix original uh, movie, and it's a documentary uh, that's supposed to be very powerful. And it's about six men who were molested by priests in the Catholic Church, and each of them decide to make short films about um, their molestation. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. up next. Are we having a moment of silence? (laughs) Yeah. It is a sad plot, but I feel like. You can keep going. Yeah, Extinct is up next. This is a Netflix original uh, movie. It's about these two fluffballs that travel to the future only to find out their species is extinct. 
can they no. save their species? Simon question mark. Theoretically speaking, the only way they could save their species if they don't travel back in time again is just by banging. Are they of opposite sex? That I didn't look into. I did not look into. Anyways, mm. this is a if this is a children's movie. I feel like it is. Did they did they write themselves into a pickle? It's possible. Hmm. Love Me Instead is up next, and this is a Netflix original movie, and it's about a prisoner that returns to his hometown to reconnect with his daughter, but a tragic truth keeps his journey from being an easy one. Uh, I think it was supposed to be tragic truth. but yeah, I, I noticed there's many, many spelling mistakes in this, yeah. this I, document I noticed. I was tired, Simon. Yeah. Damaka is up next. This is a Netflix original Indian thriller movie about a man who gets an alarming call that may cost him his conscience. Oh, boy. Yeah. Alpha Rift is up next. This is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. It's a video on demand movie. Uh, this one is something about a magical helmet that summons demons or something. Uh, There's a long, long write-up about it, and I didn't want to condense it. So I just, I, I technically condensed it, but there's a lot more to this movie. It seems. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Next up is 13 Minutes. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. And it's 25% on Rotten Tomatoes and stars a tornado. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Um, and then the final three movies are all coming out to theaters. Uh, the first one being Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's coming to Cineplex. Um, it's a sequel to the Ghostbusters movies that came out before I was born. Indeed. Did you watch the Ghostbusters movies that came no. out before you were born? No. Maybe. Um, oh, you haven't seen them. Um, no. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll watch them. Maybe I'll watch both of them this week. Do you, do you have an attachment to Ghostbusters? Oddly, no, as well. I haven't seen the first one. I know, sorry, I have seen the first one. I saw it as a kid, but I think I saw it when I was so young. I don't think I was paying any attention. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't, I don't have any attachment, that's for sure. Huh. But I, I kind of have an instinct to watch this because it seems like Despite the fact that I haven't watched them, there's still something nostalgic about Ghostbusters for me, and uh, I really do enjoy enjoy the work of uh, Sexiest Man Alive, Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know? he is, he's the Sexiest Man Alive. Well, he was literally named the Sexiest Man Alive. You saw that, right? Oh, I'm aware. I'm aware. Okay, yeah. just making sure. I'm not. I, I just didn't name that. Like, it's not the Simon Magazine. I feel like it was the Simon Magazine. No, 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 no. It was. It was people. I believe. People do that, right? That's the People magazine. Not people as in human beings, other humans, but I mean like the People, the magazine. I have no idea. About what? Who does it? Who names these people? Yeah. The sexy. I'm pretty people. sure it's people. I, it's it's people. Anyways. People. It's not like it's going to be dogs, Simon. I just specified that. Are you listening to me at all? Come on. Uh, King Richard is up next. This is a Cineplex uh, movie. This is coming to Cineplex. Uh, it's confirmed by Cineplex. And it's a Will Smith movie. It's based on a true story. I don't know what the true story is, but I'm interested. Yeah, it's about the upbringing of Venus and Serena Williams. Oh, is it? Yeah, it looks awesome. Oh, honestly, cool. it looks like another. It kind of strikes me as another like Pursuit of Happiness type Will Smith performance. Oh, and uh, have you seen Pursuit of Happiness? No. Oh, okay. I love it. Man. It's on my list. It's it's so sad, but it's just it's such a great performance from Will Smith. It's it's fantastic. I just got to find a day where I'm in the mood to cry, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll watch it. It's still uplifting though in some way too. So it's not like completely devastating. But it's still sad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's still sad. Maybe I'll get around to it. Who knows? And uh, finally, the last movie coming out this week is a movie called Come On, Come On. This has come to theaters. 
Um, and uh, this looks fantastic. It stars Joaquin Phoenix. Looks really good. It's in black and white. There's a lot of black and white movies coming out these days. Even the French Dispatch was like half black and white, or I would say like... We didn't mention that. Yeah, yeah. that's an interesting use of black and white to color that he, uh, Wes Anderson, used in that movie. Yeah. It's quite... Uh, there's it's a couple moments where I was like, oh, that was a good switcheroo to black and white there. Mm-hmm. Kind of appreciated it in, in many moments. I did. There's like one moment with like Saoirse Ronan, who's also in the movie. Yeah. She like opens up like this, this door hatch thing, almost like a mailbox thing to look through it. Mm-hmm. Someone comments on the eye color, but she's initially in black and white. But as soon as she looks through this little hatch through the door, the person looks at and sees her eyes and they're now it's in color. I thought that was really, really neat. What's Anderson? He, he knows what's up, you know, in terms of style. Yeah, he does, man. He does know what's up. That's it. That's all for the movies, by the way. Cool, cool. I also, uh, I'd like to note briefly, actually, the Red Notice movie on Netflix is very badly reviewed. Oh, is it? It's like 43% of Rotten Tomatoes. It sucks because it's like you have such good star power. I feel like it's the, it's got to be the writing that was the issue. I don't know what else. I mean, it could have been other things, but. It still seems fun. Like it could be a fun. It does. It's like, why is it 43%? So so is Free Guy. Free Guy is like an 80, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. I don't really like like Free Guy. It's like you can have a fun movie and it still be like a good plot and still be good. Yeah. Sorry, it's thirty nine percent now as I, as I speak to you on the time of this recording. Yeah, what's Eternals at right now? Forty seven, isn't it? Like Jesus Christ! Oh, 47. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. it sure is. Eighty it uh, sure is. Eighty percent audience score though. Eighty percent audience score. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Although we had some friends on Facebook like just bashing it, yeah. just like going at it, like it was a it was a piece of turd. They're just talking about it being you know poop from a butt. Things yeah. like that. And I was kind of shocked because I was like, really? I don't, I don't really understand. I, I still, I stand by my statement last episode when I said that like people just, they go, they, they go in with the people they know. They've read the reviews potentially and they go in with these expectations that are like, this is going to be a slow movie. This is going to be a bad movie. Mm-hmm. And then you have these people around you that have the same mentality in the movie theater and they that sways your opinion. I, I'm not saying that happened here for sure, but I just find that that happens, and it happened for Batman versus Superman almost guaranteed. People mm-hmm. just believe that movie's bad, and when I ask them, what's wrong with the movie? Why don't you like it? The only thing that anyone brings up is the damn Martha scene. Yeah, exactly. And then you don't have nothing else. I'm like, okay, well, that one scene is a problem. Like, what well, What about that scene did you, did, did you dislike? Yeah. And they're like, it's cheesy. And then it's like, okay. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Anything else, Nick? Huh? Anything else? Yeah. Talking right, right to Nick. Although I think Nick, the gentleman we were talking about, who we're not going to explain who he is. Yeah. I feel like he didn't. Uh, I think he came around in the movie a little he more did. Uh, because one one night we, there was a snowstorm and we like we were both working together. Um, and I literally I was like, all right, like there's no customers. Let's just watch the entirety of Batman v Superman. And uh, we I literally put it on. We just sat and watched the entire like ultimate cut. Right. And, you know, I'd be like, all right, tell me what you don't like. And then we just had like a conversation about it. And by the end of it, he was like, it actually isn't that bad. Like, it's not as bad as I remember. Yeah. yeah. But again, I think part of the, you remember it being bad because you were sitting in a theater with people that didn't like it. Yeah. It's like, I feel like there's that effect with even like, for like, for instance, The Phantom Menace when it came out. Mm-hmm. I feel like people watched that movie and they liked it, but then they left it and they thought about it later and they didn't like it. Yeah. Um, I definitely liked it as a kid. Yeah, me too. I was a kid. And I still like it now, though, so it's like I'm a little bit of a different case. 
but I, I, I think it's the worst one. Yeah, basket I've... case. <laughs> gotcha. What? Adrian, what are you talking about? Don't do that. No, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. I, I have no idea what that. That's not an accent. That's not a an imitation or a impersonation. I have no idea what I'm even doing. I I don't know either. It's the worst thing. <laughs> not even an attempt. It wasn't even like I was trying to do like Winnie the Pooh. Like, Adrian, what what's going on? That's not barely barely Winnie the Pooh. I'm rusty. Yeah. Okay, I haven't done this in a long time. Honestly, like I was okay. I've done this. I was okay. In a long time, Adrian. I don't know what to do. I'm about to close the show off because we don't have any more material to go through. So if you don't mind, I'd like to close the show off. All right, Christopher, walk-in closet. So if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts or TuneIn or wherever you're listening, please do that. It would help us a lot. If you could you know, write a little quick review for us, oh man, you'd be the greatest person in the world to me. Amazing. So if you could do that, I'd love you. And I love you too. Thank you for listening to the ninth what, the ninth episode? What the frick am I talking about? It is the ninth episode. We're time traveling again. Wow. Thank you for listening to the 72nd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Benter signing off. It is I signing off. And uh, again, if I could convince uh, Nick that Batman v Superman is a good movie, I can convince everyone because Batman v Superman is a good movie, baby. It is a good movie. Take care and goodbye. Think, 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 Adrian, Adrian Penter. Honestly, it's it's not that bad. I think uh, that's not a bad Winnie the Pooh, man. And I think what made this so much better is that you did that awful voice of, I don't even know what the hell it was early in the episode. Which, you know, you set the bar so goddamn low. That was amazing, even. Mm, the Dexter season eight effect. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the season eight effect. Wild. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. I can barely hear you. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs>